Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Inspired Lady Podcast. It's Belle Grubb, your host, and I am beyond excited for today's episode. So I, as you know, have been traveling a little bit more than I ever have. I went to Europe for the first time this summer and I got the travel bug and I have been obsessed with all the travel videos on TikTok. So wouldn't you know it, we've got Casey here who is a TikTok extraordinaire with all things travel and I am so excited to talk to her today. She calls herself a digital nomad, which is so cool. I love that. And she's gonna provide tips and resources all about budget traveling and also female solo traveling because that's so intimidating but she's gonna break it down for us and make it a little bit easier to digest and all the things to educate and inspire you to do all of your traveling dreams so without further ado we're gonna jump into this conversation with Casey Okay, so Casey, how we start every single episode is what we're drinking. So today I just have a vanilla almond milk latte, super chill. What do you have? Um, well, I am drinking a flavored soda water right now. I just finished lunch a little bit ago, so I'm drinking what's I love left. that. That's so awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, now tell us a little bit about you. Give us a little background. Okay, yeah. So my name is Casey. I'm a full-time digital nomad and traveler. I've been traveling since around, well, it's been about 10 years now, but full-time the last few years. I'm from originally from Ohio, but I live in Guatemala now, and I, I love solo travel. It's my main passion in life, and I work in social media as a part-time to fund my travels. That's so awesome. So actually something we were talking about right before we started recording was how you moved to Guatemala. So how long have you been in Guatemala and what was that transition? I mean, Ohio to Guatemala, that's crazy. Like so many people would be it's intimidated different. by that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that. So what did that look like? Well, honestly, I think it was a little bit more of a seamless transition than uh, hmm. most people think because I had been traveling already. So for me, I was traveling well before I decided to move, you know, it wasn't just jump straight in from Ohio to like into Guatemala. So I was already kind of had the experience of being abroad and for multiple months at a time and things like that. And then it just felt like the right move for me to come to Guatemala. I, I went to Lake Atitlan for the first time in February and that's where I call home now. And it's magical. It's one of the, the coolest places. There's a huge community here of just very supportive people and I really enjoy it. So I just decided to move here. There are some some definite definite differences between the U.S. and here. Um, currently, right now, my apartment doesn't have hot water. <laughs> it's supposed to, but oh um, it's broken. <laughs> so we're working on that. Uh, I had to take a shower the other day with a boiling like hot like I boiled water and then poured it on myself because I was like, no more cold showers. <laughs> but we're working on getting. That's that. hilarious. So, yeah, <laughs> it was entertaining. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So then tell us a little bit about where your passion from travel came from. I mean, where did you really find this in yourself where you were like, I have to travel and what was maybe like the first trip like? Yeah. So I think my, my passion for travel came from my family. We were always road tripping down to Florida. When I was a kid, we went out West to California for like a two week adventure when I was like 10 years old. So we did a bunch of states and we were pretty much only within the U.S. or maybe we would take a cruise or something like that. Or, you know, one time we went to Canada, but I had always known that I had wanted to travel abroad. And back then I always thought of it because I'm from a very small town. So I was always told like, this is a once in a lifetime trip. It's, you know, this is, 
you get one time to go abroad and do what you want to do. And then you come back and you just be normal nine to five Casey. And so I studied abroad in college and I was like, oh, I love this. I want to do it more. And then once I graduated college, I went to business school. So I spent four years being told you have to, you know, get the good grades to get the good internship, to get the good job, to work Monday through Friday so that, you know, you can climb the corporate ladder, blah, blah, blah. And so I moved to Florida in 2016 when I graduated and was like, okay, let me start my career. Let me get some money coming in. And it just felt off. Like I just couldn't place it. And now I think doing some reflection actually uh, recently, I realized that both my parents work um, for themselves or they have, you know, in the past and they've never been the nine to five people either. So I think, you know, that really just influenced me way more than I expected And so now it's been since 2018 when I quit like my last official like corporate full-time job and I haven't looked back. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. And so what were some of the first places that you traveled to that just were incredible? So I'm a Europe girl. I love Europe. I've been Mm. to all of Western Europe at this point and I just keep going back every summer. It's amazing. And that's where I really got started. So when I traveled or when I studied abroad, I went to France for six weeks and did a couple of countries then, a lot of France. And then I was like, oh, no, like I like Europe. I I love the culture, the food. You know, it was kind of like a great jumping point for me. And that's when I was kind of dabbling in a lot of my solo travel. And then I kind of just started branching out into like I did Thailand for a month and Japan. And then I started doing Central America and Mexico. And that was like Every time you go somewhere, it's like a new part of the world. It's just, it's so exciting to like rediscover those excitements that you get when you go to a place for like for the first time. That's so cool. So how many countries have you been to? 27. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Okay. So (laughs) this past summer, like I said, um, in the intro, we went to Europe for the first time ever. It was insane. We did Okay, but ours was jam-packed. So it sounds like you've been going for like a month at a time to a lot of these places where we went for two weeks and we hit 11 countries, I think, like 11 or 10. And it was (laughs) like insane. We were like busting our butts to get from place to place. And it was so hectic. It was really cool though, because um, I feel like we got to kind of dip our toes into traveling. Um, Mm. And now that we've done that, I'm ready to like go back to some other places, maybe go back and stay longer um, and just trying to really figure out that because I was I was shocked when I went to Europe. I was like, this is incredible. This is crazy. I love it. <laughs> it was so I mean, yeah, amazing. It's, it's oh my exciting. Gosh. I think there's. Um... Yeah. Do you have any like. Le- oh, go ahead. OK, wait, pause real quick. I think there's a little bit of a lag. That's why. And that's totally fine because actually it's recording okay. yours separate and then me separate and then it'll put us together. Oh, amazing. Okay. Um, yes, so exactly. What I was going <laughs> to say is that I think in the um, travel community, there's a little bit of a divide between the tourist and the traveler. And mm. there, you know, I, I do consider myself a traveler because I do spend more time in these countries, getting to know these cultures and whatever. But I think the reality of it is, is that everyone starts as a tourist. You know, we, like I, when I went to France for the first time, I was that typical person coming from America who didn't know anything about like how to respect the culture or how to like actually, you know, absorb what I was taking in and and things like that. And 
So like a two-week Euro adventure is such a like a cliche in the US, but it's a huge jumping point to getting into more travel and getting to, it's kind of like wetting your feet, you know, and then you get more excited and like, but those experiences make you who you are. And they're still just as incredible as, as the experiences that I have. Like I, like, I, I always recommend like getting started. Like people always ask, how did you get into solo travel? How did you, mm-hmm. you know, get into budget travel? And they think I just woke up one day and was like, oh, this is who I am. And, you know, I just started, but that's not true at all. Like you have to start somewhere and baby steps are that great first place to do it. That's so awesome. And I've never really thought about the difference between a tourist and a traveler, but that makes so much more sense because like you said, everyone starts as a tourist, but that kind of love that you get that's like deep in you and you're like, I have to come back here or I need to stay longer kind of transitions you into a traveler where you really start to learn about the people and the food and the culture that you're around. And I think that's a beautiful transition. And I think you're at that point where so many people want to get to, um, but they just don't know how. So with that being said, I would love it if you could walk us through a couple like tangible steps on what do you do? How do you even schedule these things out? I mean, what are the beginning steps? And then we'll get more into like the actual trip. Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways that you can do it. I know for a lot of my friends, I get asked, or even on my social media, like, how do you take a trip? How do you get the courage to do it? And there's always, again, like those segues into the solo travel. So um, you can look into group trips. Um, like I'm hosting a group trip. I just recently started doing that. But there's also other plenty of resources out there where you can gr- book group trips where you're going solo, but you're also in a group of people who have already planned this for you. So all you have to do is dedicate that you're going to like make these monthly payments to pay off your trip and then you're good to go. And that's a great first way to like get your feet wet and see, okay, this is how it's done. And this, this is how you book things. Um, if you're looking at going on your own, I always break it up. I think the money aspect of it is very intimidating when it comes to travel. And that's the num- one of the number one reasons besides time is I don't have the money to travel. I always look at it as I break it up. So I decide where I want to go first. And that could be looking at like Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, whatever it is, wherever I get my inspiration from. I decide on a country of where I want to go. And then I look at flights to see, okay, when's the best time to go to that place? When can I get the cheapest flight? And then I'll buy my flight first. And that'll be like my big, huge purchase. Because your your three main expenses when you're traveling are going to be your plane ticket, your accommodations, and then your food and activities while you're there. So if you break that up into three smaller um, amounts, it doesn't seem as overwhelming. So you buy your ticket, you book, that, or you book it, you uh, work on paying that off. And then as it gets closer to, um, you know, about midway to your travel date, start looking at, uh, des- um, excuse me, start looking at accommodations like Airbnbs, hostels, hotels, wherever it is you want to stay, book that, work on paying that off. And then the last part is saving that little bit of money so that you can get, when you get to your destination, you have your budget just for your food and your activities. Do some research beforehand to make sure that you know like what it's going to cost like if it costs 80 dollars to do this day excursion or whatever it is that way you kind of have an estimate of how how much to bring or how much to set aside and then that way it's broken up into three smaller amounts rather than just being like oh i have this two thousand dollar vacation i have to pay for it's so expensive i can't i don't have two thousand dollars well yeah i i break that up and then every time i get paid i help pay off you know those those things that i purchased that sounds so manageable so 
how far in advance are you scheduling these out? Like, do you have all of your trips for 2023 planned out or are you like a month out? Like, how far are you looking? Um, personally, I actually uh, have nothing planned for uh, this year yet. I usually do have like a couple of bigger trips booked. Um, but now that I am a digital nomad and I do have the freedom to kind of go wherever, whenever, I'm leaving this year up to a little bit more of spontaneity than I have in the past. But, you know, some people aren't digital nomads. They want to um, take, they want to travel around their work schedules or whatever it is. And so you, it, it's good to book your tickets in advance, like six months in advance um, to make sure, you know, and I know a lot of people are like constrained with the time of year they can go and stuff like that. But the sooner you book your flight, the better. Okay, awesome. And then can you explain digital nomad a little bit? I know we've used that phrase um, a couple of times here, and I just want any listener who's like, what is a digital nomad? Can you just break that down? Yeah, of course. So in my mind, a digital nomad is someone that works completely remote from their laptop um, or phone, whatever you use. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like, I got a full-time job and I work remotely wherever it is. Um, you can do freelancing or like I work in social media. So I do my TikTok channel on my Instagram. So I get paid for that. And then I also work in social media consulting and I teach English. So I don't have one job that like makes me a digital nomad. I'm more of like a freelancer who has a bunch of jobs, but I personally wanted to be able to travel whenever I wanted, wherever I wanted. So the, the flexibility and freedom to work online, and and work when the hours that I wanted to, um, that makes me a digital nomad, but it looks a little different for everybody, but just being able to be remote, um, independent, basically. Location. Okay, independent. awesome. And then another thing that you mentioned was your group trips. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I think that for a lot of solo female wannabe travelers, that might be really intriguing. Um, so what does that look like specifically with yours, but then also maybe other resources? So yes, group trips are something that I highly recommend. Even before I started hosting my own, I always recommended group trips because a group trip, there are companies out there like under 30 experiences, Contiki, like there's, there's tons, actually, I could probably give you a list later, but um, <laughs> there's tons out there that they come up with different trips. So it'll be like a 10 day Croatia trip or a two week Central America trip where you hit a couple different countries or whatever it is. Like on these websites, they have tons of different itineraries. And the great part about these is that when you say, oh, I don't have anybody to travel with, you just go on their website and you book your spot on this trip. And then boom, you're going to have like 15, 20, however many people they accept, like built in friends already on your trip, because it's all it's going to be people who are either like one or two people, like maybe friends are going um, or like other solo travelers, travelers are going to go and they arrange everything for you. So um, transportation, I think usually flights aren't included, but like your transportation to and from the airport, where you're going to be staying at, what activities you're going to be doing, it's all taken care of for you. So if you feel really overwhelmed by the planning aspect of traveling, it's taken care of. And so my personal trip that I have is to Guatemala because I want to show people where I live and how amazing it is here. And we're going to spend a week in um, Antigua and Lake Atitlan. So we'll have a shuttle that will, you fly into the airport. Um, the shuttle will take you from the airport to Antigua. We'll stay a few nights in Antigua. And then from there, we will um, uh, take a shuttle up to Lake Atitlan. We'll stay in Atitlan for a few days. And then we'll take a shuttle back to the airport and fly out. So it's all arranged for you. 
That's so nice. Okay. So are the, like, I don't want to know, I don't know if this is the right word, like excursions planned as well Mm -hmm. um, for that kind of thing. So most, most of them have excursions built in, or they might be add-ons for my specific one. Ours are built in. And so we have, for example, we have um, a volcano hike. So we're going to hike an active volcano. We're going to do an ATV tour of the villages around Lake Atitlan. We're going to do a sunrise hike, some sunrise paddle boarding, yoga, things like that. And so that's all included in the trip already. So like, maybe you're not like too big of a morning person. You're like, I don't want to do sunrise yoga. You don't have to do it, but it's already paid for in there. I do know that other um, group trips, sometimes they will, you know, this is the package that we have. Oh, okay. When we get to like, for example, in Thailand, we get to this island. Okay. Today you have the option of a free day or you can pay, you know, $50 extra or whatever it is to do the excursion. And then some of the group will just like go off and explore on their own. And then some of the group will go to their excursion that they paid for. Okay. That sounds amazing. Now, what if you're not doing a group trip? Let's say there's already one on the books, but you have no idea what you're going to do when you get to a new country. How do you navigate that? How do you find what you're going to do while you're there? Yeah. So I actually just had this question on my TikTok the other day, and I um, made a video basically stating that in the beginning, I was very like, oh, I need to know what I'm going to do every day and every second and have everything planned. And the more I traveled, the more I realized the beauty in kind of being a little bit more relaxed on that. So before I start a trip, um, I will look on Pinterest, TikTok. TikTok's huge, obviously, now for for uh, researching and Instagram. And I'll just look at, you know, where other people have been. A lot of my friends are travelers, so I get a lot of inspiration from them. They've posted that they've been somewhere. And I'm like, amazing. I want to go to that bar on that beach in Key Calker, Belize, you know. So I have like kind of a list of some stuff that I want to do. <clears throat> and I also look at different cities. So it's Google Maps. You know, like you just type in the cities that you want to go to. Um, so, okay. So, First, Pinterest. I'll be like, okay, um, what to do in Poland? And then it'll be like, okay, well, in Poland, these are the major popular cities, Gdansk, Warsaw, and Krakow. Okay, cool. So now I go to Google Maps and I type in, you know, how far is Warsaw to Krakow? Okay, it's only a two-hour train ride. Okay, I go to the uh, website or Google and I type in trains from Warsaw to Krakow. Boom, they pop up. I go in, I book the one that I want for the time that I want train from Warsaw to Poland booked. And it tells you kind of like, you know, where everything is relative. Cause when you're going to a new country, you don't know, like, is this city on the other side of the country? Is it a two hour train ride away? Like, so it's, it's definitely good to look at a map and get, just kind of get like your bearings figured out. I've also learned that it, it's nothing like your expectations. Like you always have these thoughts in your head, like, Oh, this is what it's going to look like, or this is what I'm going to do. And then you get there and it just changes. And that's why I really recommend staying in hostels because in hostels, you meet other solo travelers who've maybe, you know, say um, you you both met up in a city in, uh, maybe you're in Budapest, right? And you're like, oh, I'm thinking about going to Prague next. Well, you met, a, you met a traveler in the hostel that said, I was just in Prague. You should do this, this, and this. Okay, boom, done. Like, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Or the hostels offer different tours that you can do, um, like in... Montenegro this summer, we did a boat tour through our hostel. Uh, The port was right outside our hostel. We just walked onto the boat and for three hours, we zoomed around the Bay of Couture and just took a, you know, a beautiful boat ride. So it's, it's a, a little bit of planning, but then most of it's kind of just like on the go, 
recommendations from other people, like the hostel resources, free walking tours. Um, those are really good. I use Guru Walk and you can go on guruwalk.com and uh, you just type in the city that you're going to in the dates and then it'll be like, oh, free walking tour, Athens, Greece. You book the walking tour and um, someone will show you around the city for two hours. It's free. You tip them at the end. And then they usually give you really great recommendations. Here's a great restaurant you should eat at. Here's a great lookout that you should go check out after the tour, something like that. Okay. I don't have enough time to talk about all of this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Okay. So do you have any safety tips? Because I know that that's something that even myself, like when we went to Europe, I was like, oh, I'm nervous to stay in a hostel because I'm just nervous. What do you do to make sure that you're feeling calm and secure? Yeah, safety is huge, right? It's the most, the number mm-hmm. one important thing that you can, especially as a solo female traveler. So, um, staying in hostels is not as scary as a lot of people think it is. I mean, do not base any of your assumptions on it from the movie. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, like there's if you're if you're a woman and you feel intimidated by staying in a mixed dorm, where um, oh, also for those who don't know, hostels where you share a room with other people to save money. So if you stay in a hostel, there could be six beds in there. You don't know the other people who are staying in there, but it's $20 a night versus a $150 a night hotel. And so a lot of the um, hostels will offer uh, mixed dorms where you have men and women, or you have the female only dorms where it's strictly just women. Some people prefer that. It is a couple dollars extra a night. And if you're just going on like a short-term trip, spend the extra $2 a night to make you feel comfortable. I travel full time. So those $2 a night, that that adds up, you know, Um, I personally don't mind staying in mixed ones. I grew up with all boys. So (laughs) snorers or, you know, whatever it is, like that just doesn't bother me. But staying safe, you know, practicing normal safety tips, like or safety practices, like if you're in a huge city in the US, it's going to be the same in Europe, you know, like, make sure that you, you know, you're not out alone at night after a certain time, like when it gets dark, or you're not getting too drunk when you're in an, un, um, an unknown city or unfamiliar city to you, things like that. Um, you can check, oh, I can't remember the name of the website off the top of my head, but there's a website, like an official government website for the US where you can go and it will tell you like, oh, there's been protests in Paris, so be careful if you're going to Paris, or it gives you updates on um what like what is going on so that you're aware of it so definitely keeping a little bit of a heads up about about like you know protests or civil unrest or things that are happening in the country that you're going to okay perfect so do you have any like traveling hacks as far as products go or is there anything that you're like i have to have this with me no matter where i'm going or anything as far as like tangible items i was thinking about this before we hopped on and I, I'm a minimalist. So for me, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I always just say, okay, passport, anything that's expensive that I'm taking. So like phone computer, I make sure that I have my chargers for those. Cause you know, if you have a MacBook, like that's an expensive charger to like buy when you're gone. Um, and then medications, those are like my base things that I'm like, I absolutely have to have with me. Everything else is replaceable or I can buy when I'm there. Uh, but if you're traveling abroad or uh, a couple of them are abroad, a couple of them are just in general, I always have my reusable water bottle on me because I do not like getting stuck without having water. I drink a ton of water every day. So 
Um, it's nice to have one and it's cold water. <laughs> um, a international adapter. So my little adapter has every single country's plug on it that you can imagine. So that way, if I hop to different countries while I'm traveling, I just switch out the adapter, like you flip it up and then you just plug it into the wall and you have electricity or, you know, um, a little adapter for you. So those are two like major things that I always take with me. But like I said, I really travel light. I used to travel with like four toiletry bags and now I travel with one toiletry bag and make like a couple of things of makeup, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you hit on something really important because I did not realize this is that most countries have different charger ports. Like you can't just plug mm. your normal American, whatever electrical thing into the wall. Like they all look a little different. <laughs> yeah. So if you're planning on traveling, that's important. <laughs> that is very important to have. And oh my gosh. Okay. Quick, it's a very quick Google search. Like what plugs do they use in X, you know, cause actually in Guatemala, they use the same plugs that they do in the U S so I don't need an adapter, but if you're traveling to Europe, Australia, you know, tons of different places, they use different adapters and you're going to want that little plug that you plug, you know, you plug your US one into the adapter and then you plug the adapter into the wall and it works. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So go ahead, pimp yourself out. That's what I always say. Tell us where people can find you. Tell us about your trip, um, the dates of it, and just the resources you provide so people can, who are obsessed with you right now, because I know I am. I love your videos so much. They can all go follow you Aww. and do all the things. <laughs> yeah. So my TikTok and Instagram, AC Meets World, Casey with a K. And I love sharing budget and solo female travel tips on there. I am constantly, I post a, every, a video every single day on TikTok. Um, so you can follow me on those. I always respond to my DMs. I do have consultations that you can book as well. If you have, um, say you're a little overwhelmed and you don't know how to start planning your trip and the tips that I gave you um, in this podcast you wanna know more about, you can book a consultation with me. It's on my Instagram and my TikTok. Um, I have my group trip is, like I said, Guatemala. We'll be doing Antigua and Lake Atitlan for a week, April 22nd to April 29th of 2023. So that's very exciting coming up in you know about four months. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's really about it, I think. Awesome. Well, everything will be in the show notes as always. The links to consultations, the trip, all of her social pages will be in the show notes for your ease. And Casey, thank you so much for coming on and talking to the Inspired Lady Podcast listeners just about traveling and how they can make this possible. You are so amazing. And I am so excited because I feel so inspired right now. I am ready to go travel. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I always love doing this.